Accelerators from Beyond. Hello and welcome to Accelerators by Beyond. Join us as we speak with industry leaders and explore the big opportunities ahead in 5G, IoT, AI and cloud and the role of the ecosystem. We discuss how to stay ahead and what technologies, innovation and business models are driving the industry to accelerate. Hello and welcome to Accelerators by Beyond. My name is Jeremy Cowan. I'm Editorial Director and Co-Founder of IoT Now and Vanilla Plus. And it's a pleasure to be your host here. We have two guests today. The first is from the well-known global IT and services company, Giesecke and Devrian, in the form of Carsten Ahrens. Carsten is CEO of G&D Mobile Security. Carsten, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. And I'm delighted to have Sam Colley with us. Sam is CEO at one of G&D's largest acquisitions, Pod Group, a provider of Internet of Things SIM cards with global coverage in 185 countries. Sam, welcome to Accelerators Podcast. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Great to have you here. Gentlemen, it's fair to say that the connectivity and security sectors in which you're both so instrumental are going to help decide whether IoT finally fulfills its true promise in business and consumer sectors. As we'll touch on later, by some yardsticks, IoT has yet to live up to the hype though the jury's probably out on whether that was just down to too much hype. Anyway, there's still so much in IoT for us to be excited about. I want to explore that. Carsten, can I come to you first? Can you tell us a bit about the history of G&D in IoT? Yeah, well, it will be my pleasure. I mean, just, just a very quick intro to G&D. I mean, many people are using our products every day. Uh, without noticing it. Uh, we're a privately held company. I've been around for more than 170 years or 170 years. And, uh, you know, we are in the banknote business. We're in the banknote processing business. Uh, we're a manufacturer of payment cards, health cards, access cards, licenses, passports, security gateways, and so forth. So many people are actually using our products every day. And one of the things that we are also then busy with um, is uh, the manufacturing of SIM cards and then the evolving and the evolved technology that, that came from this. So, uh, you know, just recently, uh, this week, uh, we have actually been celebrating this 30th anniversary and birthday of the SIM card. And uh, maybe not everybody knows, but the first one was actually delivered by GND to um, a Finnish operator 30 years ago. And obviously, we did not stop there. Uh, we were also then the first ones who really got full speed engaged in what we now call the eSIM. This goes back uh, more than eight years, actually. Uh, even before I joined the company. And um, yeah, we we have always been at the forefront of this and we believe, and I think we'll talk a lot more about that, uh, what eSIM actually means for IoT, but this has really been the the founding the founding and the cornerstone of our engagement in in developing our connectivity business which was still and still is very much centered around pluggable sim cards to the next level and then to the in, internet of things and what led you to acquire pod group Carson? what attracted gnd to this major acquisition 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're always um, on the outlook of, of, you know, trying to identify new opportunities to develop and grow uh, our business. But let me share a little anecdote, because a couple of years ago, um, I got the pleasure to be invited to a demonstration of IBM Watson. You know, there are not so many uh, IoT IBM Watson demo centers in the world, but one is actually here where we sit in Munich and uh, we got, uh, you know, invited and they were doing the demonstration, lovely demonstration. But then on the way back, um, I was scratching my head and said, well, they're, they're missing out on a few things because they're, they're taking two things for granted. Number one, that, and I think we all know what Airbnb Watson is, right? I mean, it's an artificial intelligence engine and, and uh, obviously sucking a lot of data and then doing a good stuff and analysis on the data that they receive. But then I was thinking, how can you take for granted, number one, that data is coming? And how can you take for granted that B or two, that data is coming uncompromised? Because this is basically what they are assuming. And uh, this is where this is one of the reasons uh, why we sort of started to get engaged because we're we're doing connectivity, but we can also make it safe. And uh, this was one of the triggering uh, points where we said we, we got to do something more with the technology that we have. And um, then we came across uh, Pod. We also used to work with another partner before Pod. Uh, this was then more through what we call a referral model. So the connectivity revenue would have not come through our books. There were also then some limitations in that uh, setup uh, technically, uh, which I think Sam can expand about uh, well uh, later on. So we can do more things now since we have the whole stack uh, in in our premises and and our uh, in our control yeah that's kind of uh, neatly anticipated my question sam i wanted to turn to you and ask you much along the same lines what is it that you're now able to do to together that wasn't possible before the acquisition and also how has your customer offering developed yeah, I think, you know, obviously with G&D, you know, they come with years and years of experience in eSIM and, and lifecycle management. And really what the partnership with, with G&D enables Pod to do is really kind of accelerate its eSIM offering. And I think there's been lots of kind of barriers to entry and adoption for adoption of eSIM. And um, really, I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, how much of the stack you can control and how much you can innovate uh, together, both on the kind of core network side and the eSIM lifecycle management side. And so now, obviously, with the combination of the two, we can look to really innovate how we're delivering those services um, to the market. And then also GND come with a lot of you know well-established relationships, particularly in say the carrier community. Um, and you know that really helps the conversations because they are truly you know one of the most trusted partners out there uh, when it comes to, to eSIM and security and, and the handling of you know what is relatively sensitive data. So you know really the way it's evolving our product is just kind of accelerating one of our key messages, which was around this kind of ENO, the enterprise network operator, um, which is really about you know, enterprises taking more ownership of, of the IoT stack and, and control of the network and control of the different elements that, you know, fit around connectivity um, and, and essentially, you know, really enabling us to deliver kind of a more of a, a turnkey um, solution for, for the IoT connectivity as a whole. Carson, is there anything that you'd add to that in the way that uh, the offering has now developed and the changes enabled by the acquisition? Yeah, I think Sam has covered it well. I mean, let me maybe add uh, one or two aspects that may sound a little bit more technical. But when we look at, you know, IoT applications, 
we sometimes uh, talk about uh, you know a hamburger model or a technology stack that by coincidence is actually seven layers and it starts uh, with the embedded operating system at the bottom then we have the chip uh, that runs that operating system then we have the module in which we kind of solder that uh, chip and then the module goes into a device uh, that should be then connected then you have the connectivity layer then you have an applications layer IoT applications layer and then you have what I was talking about in the beginning here which people like IBM Watson but many other companies are addressing is the data analytics piece which I think is going to be also a centerpiece moving forward where also by the way a lot of the the value will eventually be created. And when we looked at this, um, we found that we are actually ticking a lot of boxes. And I think Sam talked about it. I mean, we have uh, a significant embedded OS capability. Uh, I mean, this year we're approaching 500 million embedded OS licenses that we would have shipped. So we're clearly the market leader there. We're working with the leading chip manufacturers there. Um, and we're working with module makers, device makers, all the way up the, uh, the stack. But we had not that connectivity piece. And when I mean the connectivity piece, I don't just mean the contracts, the contracts that typical MVNOs would have uh, to be able to sell connectivity around the world, but it is also then the management capabilities where POT, I think, has done a phenomenal job uh, in, in creating uh, their own core network and really being in control of what's going on there rather than just being a reseller, which many MVNOs are, 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 the, are doing, actually. As I said at the outset, Sam, there's been a lot of concern that the IoT sector has yet to deliver fully on its promise. Obviously, it's come a heck of a long way. Um, firstly, is that a fair criticism? And if it is, why has it fallen short? And maybe I can come to you, Carsten, afterwards to, to talk about what happens next. But Sam, first. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, if we look at the numbers that were being touted, you know, five to seven years ago in IoT, you know, we're nowhere, nowhere close to you know, hitting those in terms of, you know, number of connections and applications delivered. But, you know, has it completely under-delivered? You know, no, I think there's been a lot of progress at the same time, you know, and but there's still a, lot, a long way to go. And I think some of the reasons for that really are just that, you know, the ecosystem is still really fragmented, you know, every every day you see, you know, a new piece of technology, which is kind of great, but then how does it fit in with what already exists and how do people adopt that technology? And, and really, particularly even if you just look at the IoT kind of silo or, or, or part of it, I mean, that in itself is, is, is really complex. And if you're an enterprise looking to build an application, you know, it can kind of be overwhelming at times. And that's one of the things when we were talking to enterprises, we found that, you know, this administrative burden, you know, maybe some security fears as well, and the ability to actually monetize it and have a centralized data view, you know, was a, was a massive challenge. And so, you know, I think that's one of the big objectives for, for Pod and, and G&D. And, and again, I come back to this ENO strategy is really becoming an enabler and having a turnkey suite of products that enables a, an enterprise to really kind of de develop and deploy applications without you know, that administrative burden. And that comes from, you know, the platform to manage it, the billing services alongside it, you know, the eSIM management and the flexibility to control your subscriptions, you know, tomorrow, but also in three years time. So you don't, so you can avoid this kind of vendor lock-in, which is also means that, you know, very quickly you can become unpriced competitive and, and whatnot, or even, you know, as things scale, you know, you start to lose the economies of scale on, on your application. So, you know, I think a lot of those problems are starting to be addressed, and I think, you know, hopefully, you know, with with G and D and Pod together, we can kind of lead the charge in in simplifying the the connectivity kind of siloed like ecosystem, but then also, 
you know, expanding that into device management and possibly even into, you know, some some more kind of platform plays as well, um, looking at towards kind of end-to-end solutions. But, you know, really the biggest barrier has just been the complexity, um, in my opinion. Carson, would you add anything to that about what happens next? Or what needs to happen next? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, to maybe just add to to your question, um, I would also concur with the judgment that it probably has not delivered on the promise. And uh, yes, there's been, you know, very high numbers were were put forward, you know, 25 billion devices connected in 2025. Gartner was talking about a million devices connected every hour to the internet. Um, I think it is with many technologies um, that we have seen come to the market in the past. The prognosis were super high, the expectations were super high, they were a little bit disappointed, uh, um, and uh, but then at one point it, it really took off. And I have absolutely no doubt that this will be the same thing here with, with the IoT. I think the maybe it's a little bit overpromised, and uh, Sam was mentioning a lot of points why it probably has not delivered. It is too complicated for many for many people who are interested in it. They're not really interested in building uh, high sophisticated solutions. I think they're just interested in the data. So who can help them to really plug everything together and and make it work not just in one place but in in many places in the world? Because most of the enterprises aren't necessarily interested you know in doing a deal with one operator in one country but they they have subsidiaries in many countries like we have and the solution has to work globally that's one thing also the people that are building devices uh, if you solder a chip into the device and you need to have profiles you need to have remote management capabilities so there are a number of uh, technology glitches so to speak but they've all been solved now this is the good news They've all been solved technically. So it isn't really an issue any longer um, of, of having technology components available. It is more an issue of bringing them all together. And, and this is, again, why I'm so excited and why we have done this step with POT, because, again, I mean, we, we are now basically covering the whole, the whole stack and we can make that available, uh, you know, for, for people to build these applications on, on top of it. And, and we will eventually build these applications also ourselves. Staying with you, Carsten, there's a lot of work going on in IoT worldwide to create platforms that manage everything from devices through connectivity and data to applications. Um, yet the joke goes that platforms are what's left behind when the train has left the station. What do you believe is the future for platforms in IoT? Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard that, and I've actually said it also myself. Uh, but uh, in a way, you know, you also need the platform to get onto the train. True. So, but you have to be there on time to catch the train. And uh, so, I think just a platform play is not sufficient. I I really don't think so. And I think uh, there's a lot of activity in this space, and. Uh, it's quite easy, you know, to do a platform and try and squeeze yourself into the middle of a value chain, not adding a lot of value, but trying to get control and trying to be the gatekeeper almost, you know. Um, this, this to me, doesn't work. And I think there will be disappointments in some of those uh, business models. 
Um, at the same time, uh, obviously, we we have to come up with something that is scalable and that can that has reusability. So we cannot build uh, silos and, and and things like that. So, so in that aspect, I think a platform can make a, a lot of sense. And in a way, I mean, we've also built platforms, management platforms. Pod has built some platform technology. We have built it with our eSIM capabilities. So, so it's, it's nothing wrong per se. But you have to do some technical heavy lifting, you know, in order to to have a role to play you know in, in this value chain just putting some software in the middle that more or less any anybody with a lot of engineers can program is not is not sufficient so that will not work mm. Sam as uh, Giesecke and Devrian and Pod Group evolve who is proving to be your typical IOT customer indeed is there such a thing yeah, it's a it's a good question. I think you know we're still only only five months in so far. So you know who who will be our typical customers? Probably yet to to be defined. But um, I think it's 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 a pretty broad range. And you know, Pod comes from a place of working with a you know with a lot of SMBs in particular and enabling them you know with kind of tools and things they wouldn't be able to get otherwise to 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 launch their IoT applications. And obviously, you know, G and D come from the other end of the spectrum, working with you know huge MNOs, huge automotive companies, and and really kind of you know. I think what we're looking to do is is pull together a solution that can deliver something for for everyone, and and I think you know that's really where this whole enablement piece comes in, and you know building a modular platform. So it's not simply you know connectivity enablement. You know it, we're looking to enable the other parts of of, of that that connectivity ecosystem as well on either a modular basis or as a full turnkey suite. So you know I think we're we're still exploring a lot of exciting opportunities that have that have uh, arisen due to the the combination of the 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 two companies and and the resulting product and i think you know it'll be a pretty broad um broad kind of portfolio of customers um you know when when things um start to to settle down but it's um it's certainly exciting to see some of the conversations that we're already having Carson, you you seem to be involved in quite a lot of uh, industry verticals, some very interesting areas. If I was just to pick one, uh, the automotive sector, which is not only topical but but very important for a variety of reasons, including environmental um, possibilities, could you tell us about your work with tier one car makers and across the automotive sector as a whole? When I started to talk about the um uh, GND in the very beginning of the call, I said that uh, we're celebrating 30 years of SIM and then we started eSIM eight years ago. And uh, it actually did start in the automotive sector because the, the people are you know wanting to build connectivity into vehicles initially for telematic services and actually for things like e-call, which was then mandated to be included in any every vehicle up from a certain point in time. They obviously realized that you cannot have a pluggable plastic cart in a vehicle because the vehicle is on the road for 17 years on average and you have dust, you have vibration, you have moisture and, and the contacts might not stand that for a long time and you will have interruptions and so forth. So then the idea was born that uh, a chip would have to be soldered in the car and when it's soldered in the car you need to have these remote management capabilities. So we were the first ones coming up with a pre-standard version um, and then we all know the history of how it evolved. Um, we we were then also developing uh, the first solutions that were then fully standardized uh, by the GSMA, um, and then uh, also then thanks to the work that we're doing with, with, with Apple, we started to build a consumer value proposition um, as well in parallel to that. And now 
uh, yeah, we are actually quite excited that we have come up with a solution which we call Dual Sim Dual Active. It's an it's an industry first uh, solution that we have launched together with a well-known Bavarian uh, car manufacturer here, uh, where you can basically not only have an eSIM, uh, it's basically a dual eSIM, if you will, um, in the telematics unit in the in the vehicle. The first one would then be used for telematic services, updating your navigation system, uh, you know, controlling your battery status, whatever. Uh, but then you also would like to have um, another connectivity into the vehicle for entertainment services, Spotify, Netflix, and, and what have you. And uh, many manufacturers um, have had the approach and still have the approach that this is sold through the car manufacturer. Um, others are, some other uh, manufacturers have discovered that that might not be the way forward because you have car-centric connectivity, which is telematics, and you have consumer or driver-centric connectivity in the vehicle, which means that it could be quite useful to actually use an existing data plan that you have purchased um, and where you pay already for for your gigs and and uh, you know ten gigs or whatever your plan is, uh, and hardly ever use it uh, all up in a month. Um, so there's sufficient bandwidth and 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 capacity available on your data plan. You just bring in another SIM and activate it in the vehicle and use the vehicle electronics, the vehicle stereo, uh, and you save your the power on your phone and uh, also have better connection for these services using an external antenna. Um, and and we are quite excited about that because the, the first vehicle with this is now coming out and um, yeah, again, uh, it's an innovation that we have developed together with the car maker. Very interesting. Sam, we've obviously been talking a lot about enterprise customers and possibilities. What can you tell us about small to medium-sized businesses, the SMBs? Are they a significant customer base yet? And uh, what are the use cases? Yeah, I mean, for for Pod, they they are a significant um, customer base, and and you know the use cases are pretty horizontal. You know, from telematics to retail uh, to healthcare, um, and even into kind of manufacturing and industrial IoT as well. So there's kind of uh, a lot of uh, need for for this kind of new technology uh, in across the industry, particularly for SMBs. And I think you know if we really want IoT to scale, uh, like all of the predictions, then SMBs also need access to all of the latest technology. Um, but it needs to be affordable, simple, and accessible. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges today in that, you know, the MNOs do a great job serving their, their, their large customers. And, you know, but there's this whole long tail of, of SMBs that can sometimes feel a little underserved, you know, if they, they can't afford to pay pretty huge price tags for access to things like eSIM or, or even this idea of the decentralization of, of networks as we look at private networking in either LTE or, or 5G moving forward. Um, and so I think there's a, there's a huge market there in, in the SMB space. Um, but, you know, going back to some of the things I mentioned earlier, the access needs to be simple and, and cost-effective and affordable. And, and really, you know, that's what part of our, our platform is really targeting um, and, and really trying to accelerate, you know, the availability of these, these new technologies, um, you know, some of the things that GND have been developing specifically um, for that for that kind of SMB space, um, and so you know, I think it'll be continue to be a big part of of, of Pod's uh, custom portfolio. And you know, from our perspective, it's also really exciting to work with SMBs. You know, they're often at the forefront of, of IoT with new ideas and, and developing new technology, and so. Um, you know, to be part of that and watch them grow has always been something that we've we've enjoyed and, and we wanted to continue to enjoy uh, and, and to continue to deliver value, really. Mm. 
Carsten, you referenced uh, the importance of the ecosystem earlier. Could you give us an idea of what kind of companies are your key partners and what kinds of collaboration models you're adopting with them? Yeah, I mean, we have actually already now over the last five years or so significantly broadened our customer base uh, within GND and uh, even more so we are going to do that uh, together with Sam and he already spoke to that with the SMBs and so forth but obviously we'll continue to work with the MNOs. We have active relationships with some 400 mobile operators in the world. I mean they will give us the connectivity, they continue to run uh, the SMD or we are going to continue to run the SMDPs and SMD SMSRs, you know the famous uh, ESA management platforms. So they'll continue to be our customers um, and, and also partners. And as Sam said, by the way, I mean, uh, some of them also have difficulties to address the long tail because their their billing stacks are just not ready uh, for low ARPU IoT device businesses. I, I really think we can also help them and uh, we will bring traffic to them into their networks, which I think is, is, a, is a great partnership uh, possibility there. Uh, then obviously there will be the device makers. Uh, I mean, we did speak a lot about um, eSIM. Uh, the, the, the new technology is already around the corner. It's a real tongue breaker. It's the EIUICC, yeah. So it's integrated embedded UICC. Basically, it's an eSIM without a dedicated chip. So it sits on the basement uh, controller. Um, here we are going to continue uh, to um, expand on the partnerships that we have with the various device makers and also chip makers. We did talk about the automotive market. Um, uh, here we we can also help them, you know, with uh, a little bit also then beyond what we're doing with uh, just the EUICC sales. Um, some of them already talking to us um, on, on, on some technology that POT can bring, um, uh, you know, from the technology stack that POT has developed. And then um, application developers, actually, and hardware makers, I think, uh, for the IoT, for specialized solutions, will hopefully also then become partners. So we, we, are, we see ourselves pretty much as an orchestrator of this ecosystem moving forward. And reducing the entry barrier so that there's, you know, that the adoption of IoT eventually will happen and will happen much faster at a much bigger scale. Staying with you, Kirsten, can I ask you just to look ahead down the road? What GND and Pod Group will look like in, say, two to three years' time? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and um, first of all, I really, I've been around in, in telecommunications now for 30 years. Um, I think we're all probably heavily underestimating the potential of 5G. For me, this is not just another G, you know, it's not from 4G to 5G. And uh, I think, I think it's, I really think it's going to be a game changer. And, uh, you know, you can address uh, millions, millions of devices per square kilometer. You have the capabilities to have, uh, you know, massive uh, mobile broadband applications, massive IoT, uh, also then uh, ultra-reliable connectivity. So I would almost say, you know, the sky is, is the limit. And uh, all these devices need to be connected in a secure way. And they need to be able to be also disconnected if something goes wrong. Let's not forget, I mean, this is probably the biggest machine mankind has ever built or will ever build, the Internet of Things. Um, and so we better, we better make it safe because, if, you know, if this data gets sent across these networks and it gets compromised and it sends, it's sent to an algorithm and the algorithm will do the analysis and the thinking badly, I think we're going to create something which is going to be 
you know, pretty difficult to 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 manage. And um, so I think the security aspects will be paramount uh, in the future. And I, I really think that we have good ingredients to be a good um, a good citizen and a good partner and and uh, a driver actually uh, by taking down some of these uh, barriers to adoption making things scalable and but making them sc- safe at the same time and um, yeah i think we're just in the beginning of the of that journey and uh, the, the, as i said in the beginning the technology is there we'll continue to invest I mean, this is this business is 1,100 people uh, with Pot now 1,150 people, out of which almost 500 are developers, and then you have another 200 that are running our data centers, with uh, you know four nines, 99.99 percent, uh, you know, availability. I think you need to have that in order to be prepared, and um, I wish to think that that we're well prepared, um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to these partners that we just talked about, you know, to, to join us and, and, and build something which is going to be very useful. Because at the end of the day, I can only repeat, it's just about the data. The rest is just plumbing and heavy lifting, which we can help with. And uh, But we wish to make people get the data and do something really useful with it. And I think uh, to close maybe with this, uh, I, I really believe that IoT can play a major role also in helping us to become more efficient and uh, do do less carbon emissions, uh, and uh, you know if we can if we can play a role here to support with this, um, I would be very very happy. That's a really neat summary, Sam. Uh, I'd just love to know how you think your services will change in a couple of years. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's definitely kind of difficult to to predict given the the speed at which IoT evolves and and you know new technologies are, are being delivered and arriving all the time. So you know we've always tried to adopt and incorporate new technologies into our services as uh, you know as they come to market. And so you know exactly how it will look is is a, is a little tricky. But you know one of the big trends is that you know over the last few years we've really been looking to evolve out of being in a traditional MVNO um, and just kind of selling megabytes and minutes and really looking at, you know, all of the different services we can we can offer. And that's really where this ENO concept that we talked about before came out. And that's really delivering, you know, value to the enterprise and 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 all of these different um, disparate solutions to the enterprise. So they can really focus on on generating uh, value um, and and building applications. But you know, one of the things to make that happen really is that, you know, all of the whole of the ecosystem just needs to be more interoperable, um, and you know this data needs to be available not just at one in, in, in one place, but you know you know across different applications. You know if you've got an application to Carsten's point that's um, you know trying to you know save the world one device at a time and, and and create sustainability through a supply chain, you know you can't have siloed data pools. That information needs to be shared and it needs to be relatively transparent and available so that you know the consumer can can access it as well. And so I think really I see the product evolving as I say beyond just connectivity and, and starting to kind of work more closely with enterprises to to manage their data and, and get access to their data and, and possibly even manage their devices um, you know so that you know a device you know that's battery powered, for example, can last longer. And, and again, you know, we'd need less of them. And, you know, there's lots of different things within IoT that can create efficiencies, um, not just, you know, not just the, the, the data itself, I would say. But, um, but yeah, I think it, it's very exciting to see where it can go, particularly, you know, with, with G&D's vision and, and, and product stack as well. And, you know, um, uh, it'd be great to maybe touch base in three years' time and, and, and re- reference this conversation and see where we, where we got to. Um, but, yeah, it's it's exciting times for IoT, and um, 
but yeah, we're, we're excited to see where it goes. Likewise. Well, gentlemen, we could talk about this for a long time and there is a lot to be excited about, but I'm afraid we are out of time. I really want to thank you both for candidly sharing your time and your experience with our listeners. Thanks very much, Carsten. Thank you very much. And Sam, thank you too. I've learned a lot from that. Great. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, thank you too for joining us around the world. Until the next time, it's bye from me, Jeremy Cowan, and from everyone here at Accelerators by Beyond. Accelerators from Beyond.